Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. It's a beautiful October morning here in Kent and today I'm at Updown, a beautifully converted 17th century farmhouse with bright orange lounges and snug bedrooms tucked 10 minutes away from Deal on the coast. The headliner act here is the food, with a brilliant open kitchen in one of the old barns serving up hearty Italian-influenced dishes using local seasonal produce and herbs from the garden. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Ruth, who along with her husband Ollie quit the big smoke to bring Updown and its fantastic menu to life. Ruth, welcome to Creative Spaces. How are you doing today? Hi, Molly. Thank you very much for having me on. And um, and thank you for coming down to Updown to come and see Not it. Not at all. It's such a pleasure. And we're here in the gorgeous orange library, is it? Yes. And the view of the trees outside, the sun coming through, it's the most picturesque thing. Yeah, you've definitely chosen the best day to come down. It's been yeah. so beautiful. The last couple of weeks have been gorgeous. I know, proper Indian I think summer. This is the last few days, so. Yeah, so I timed it incredibly well. Yes. Um, <laughs> so before we get into the space, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and your background and your story pre Updown. Sure. Um, well, Ollie and I have both always worked in restaurants and hotels. Um, it's interesting because sometimes people come and stay or visit for, for a meal and say, and you sort of get get chatting about everything. They go, oh, so have you done this before? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I know people do it without a restaurant background, but like, I'd go mad, I think. Like, it's 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 a lot, you know, even when you do come from that, I think. Um, so I started working in restaurants when I was about 16. Um, my parents ran restaurants. My dad's a chef. So I guess it was... Um, not preordained, but there was a certain kind of, um, there was a certain sort of path that was in a way kind of quite easy because um, it meant making really good money age 16, which was incredible. I couldn't believe that anyone would pay me to do something like that. <laughs> um, and then I started bartending when I was at university. Um, and then uh, waitress sort of worked into restaurant management, um, met Ollie when I was working in a restaurant. So he started cooking straight out of school, really, age 18, um, kind of knew what he wanted to do. Um, and yeah, and we just sort of worked our way through through restaurants in London and Hong Kong for a bit and then back in London. Um, but we'd always talked about doing something together and we'd always talked about doing something out of London. Um, and then basically on about day three of lockdown, in a very small flat with a very small baby in London, we were like, right, well, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. Immediately like Googling estate agents. Um, and my mother-in-law, Ollie's mum, Liz, had lived in Deal. She's been there for about 14 years now, I think. Uh, and so we'd been going back and forth all the time, like anytime we could, you know. Um, and so we were looking at quite a lot of different areas um, we looked a bit in the West Country, where my dad is, 
and a kind of a bit um, in Norfolk and in Sussex. And we kept coming back to this yeah. very distinct strip kind of between Canterbury and the coast. Um, and we just sort of kept kept coming back here, kept looking here and sort of realised that was where we yeah. wanted to be. Well, that's an excellent segue into <laughs> my next my next bit, which yeah. is let's paint a picture about where we are in the world. Mm. So we're here in Ken, like I said, 10 minutes from Deal. Do you want to yeah. give a little flavour of what kept drawing you back here? Yeah, it's, um, God, I guess, I mean, this very specific site, where it is, it feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really incredible. And we're surrounded entirely by fields um but we're also about five minutes from an a road so it's really great um so it's very quick to get to canterbury or to london Mm -hmm. or up the coast and there's so much going on on this east kent coast now it's incredible so deal you know over the past kind of 10 12 years um has just exploded you know there's like alex and chris who have the rose and the mm. zetland arms um which means you can actually get a really great cocktail and a good Lovely. dinner um and uh there's somewhere great for people to stay in town and the frog and scott and there's so many beautiful interior shops on deal mm. high street um like will and yates and dun and diver and mileage and the saturday market and it's just like you know people come down to stay on a Friday night and they mm-hmm. go into town on Saturday and they're like, that's it, we're moving here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, maybe come back one more time. Yeah. Like, come yeah. back when it rains once. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm also, I was telling you earlier about how I'm always, you know, trying to convince people that there's like a little microclimate down yes. here. And I'm like, it never rains. No, well, from what I've seen, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right? It's great. <laughs> I mean, we opened last year at the beginning of July and, um, it was a restaurant space that we'd got ready in like four weeks. We sort of turned it from a um, slightly falling down outbuilding mm. into a restaurant and it didn't have a roof and we just got really lucky and yeah. it just didn't rain oh my gosh. for about four months. I mean, the lawn looked pretty desperate, but it was just like, you know, it was like eating in Tuscany or yeah. something. It was incredible. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. And you've an yeah. actual vine out there, which will That's come on too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Costa del Cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, and then there's the sea. I mean, it's the most incredible stretch of coastline. It's like, there is so much beach that it's never crowded. Mm. You know, it never feels like, um, the beach, you know, like the coastline or the, or the beach has sort of been deluged for the weekend or anything. Um, so our kids go to nursery in town and, you know, we can be there in 12 minutes and then we can be at the beach five minutes after we pick them up. Bliss. Yeah. Which is like, you know, the dream, yeah. right? I think. And you compare that to the Northern Line. Too. <laughs> it's very different to Shepherd's Bush, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's get into it. So, so it was two years ago now that you decided lockdown hits, maybe slightly longer, and you think, this yeah. is it. The time has come. We've, yeah. we've been talking about this. Let's do it. How did that feel, like taking that plunge, actually taking that first step? You know what? I think it felt very natural I think it was one of those things we've been talking about for so long and then it felt quite easy. Yeah. Um, and Ollie really should get all the credit for really keeping everything moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that we bought this house from didn't really want to sell it. His wife did. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot, there was like a year, it took a year, basically. There was a lot of wrangling and back and forth and planning issues and this and that and the other. Um, and Ollie 
just really kept that momentum up. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we co-bought it with, um, with some of Ollie's family. Ah. So we were all looking around together and I think we walked in here and we literally just walked into the main garden. Yeah. And all of us just knew yeah. it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, we didn't have to say anything. We just looked around in silence. Yeah. And, um, and so that, I guess, just kind of made it easy because there wasn't a lot of mm. negotiation on our part. We yeah. just kind of, yeah. we were like, yeah, okay, that's the one. Yeah, we found it. Exactly. And it was the first place we'd seen where we didn't have to impose a vision onto it. We mm. could just see where everything would fit. Yeah. So everywhere else we'd looked at stuff and we thought, okay, well, you know, you could probably do enough bedrooms there and then like you could kind of put the restaurant there mm. and maybe a bar here and whatever. And this we walked in and we were like, okay, well. Daughters, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's just all in front of you and we could just see it, mm. which and was it's very special. incredibly cosy and welcoming. You come down, like you say, I was on the A road and I was like, I feel like it's in the middle of the country, mm. but I'm on quite a major road here. Yeah, yeah. And then you turn off and a minute later, you're like driving down this little track yeah. and then this beautiful, like cosy little like wood cottage, it feels like on yeah. the side of the lane and just kind of like lures you in and then you step inside and boom, there's the orange library. Yeah. And you look through to the gardens and the striped parasols and it's just incredibly warm and welcoming and you can feel that you've had like good bones to work with yeah definitely totally I think um something that um my mother always says which is you know you some houses have that feel they have the good feel yeah and you just know it Mm. and then you know everything else kind of all the decoration and layout and this and that the other you can change everything. Yeah. But if it has that feel, mm. that's what you need. Yeah. That's what you're exactly. looking for. And you can't buy or create or fake exactly. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it definitely, particularly kind of the long drawing room that overlooks the garden, you walk in, you're like, yeah. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. it. It's got it. Yeah. And so what state was it in? Did you have to do any major renovations or was it just a matter of finding the colours that like brought joy to you mm. and the space and yeah. from there? It was, it was... <sighs> I don't know. I kind of, I keep saying, no, we didn't have to do that much. And then people are like, are you mad? Like, <laughs> we had to rewire quite a bit and replumb quite a bit. And then upstairs, we'd had to turn one bathroom into two bathrooms. Um, but beyond that, in the house, it was mostly decorative. Yeah. So I don't think that's too bad. No. It's okay. Yeah. And it wasn't in a bad state at all. It was just, it had been decorated by someone it was 20, 25 years ago. Yeah to be you know private house yeah, exactly um and someone who would not have painted rooms bright orange I think <laughs> which is fair to say um so the house itself no it was kind of relatively straightforward I guess we really benefited from the fact that it took quite a long time I can't believe I'm saying this but we benefited from the fact it took a long time to get planning permission mm. because we had to hold off and I think if we'd come straight in and just done everything that we had sort of in our minds we would have been much more pared back and it would have been Mm. quite monochrome and it would have been much more um not kind of neutral but just a a very very different space to the one it is now yeah and instead we actually lived in the house for nine or ten months or something and had all of that time to just play around with Mm. things and that was the world of difference and that's when we started really embracing the color and you know a room like the one that we're in when we first moved in I it was sort of like a problem room because it's north facing yeah and 
it felt quite cold. And I think there was something about being here for so long that we were like, right, okay, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, jump in. Yeah. And um, so we ch once we chose the colors, you know, I mean, something like painting everything bright orange, including all of the skirting and radiators and, you know, shelving and whatever, it's, you know, um, was was pretty nerve wracking. You mm -hmm. know, I was stood in the doorway for like two days, just watching the painters. <laughs> just watching it dry, <laughs> literally. Yeah. They were like, this is oil based paint going on wood paneling. So we're not painting over it. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh my gosh. Got it. Um, and yeah, so I think that that kind of like slowing down on progress slightly was yeah. actually a really good thing. Yeah, ultimately, and I think you do need to spend time in the space, don't yeah. you? And to see how the light falls and moves, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, which bits get a bit cold. And, oh my god, yeah. you can do as many mood boards and swatches yeah. and whatever as you yeah. like. But then once you're actually in something, it's a whole different. Yeah, story. and did you do the whole interiors yourself, or did you get help? And um, it, well, it was a sort of family effort. Mm -hmm. So um, Ollie and I were kind of doing the sort of groundwork and then uh, my amazing mother-in-law Liz um helped us out with it so much so she was sort yeah. of suggesting colors and being a kind of third pair of eyes and donating artwork and lending us things yeah. and you know looking at the walls here everything on the walls came from her which is pretty amazing um and then my brother-in-law Jamie um who lives and works in Margate also was kind of doing a similar role but he also gave us loads of his amazing light sculptures mm. which are incredible yeah. which we have all over the place and artwork from him and uh friends of his who are artists have lent us pieces or donated pieces um so they were both absolutely pivotal in in helping out with all of that and otherwise i think it would look like a very different place yeah and it feels incredibly fresh um, I know you said I were looking at some other spaces that were a bit more like country home and yeah. instantly just puts you a bit more like in that state of mind. Whereas here, yeah. it's fun. It's quirky. The the light sculptures, Jamie's light sculptures are brilliant. They look like you're in a sweet shop or yeah, something. Yeah. And then you have the incredible, like real mix of art from um, modern art, big canvases, these smaller prints, but like yeah. so much colour everywhere. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think that we probably get asked more about the art than anything else ah. anywhere across the site. Yeah. Um, people really, really connect to it and people try and buy pieces quite a lot, <laughs> which is, you know, such yeah, a compliment. Yeah. Um, and they really are a mix, you know, there's like stuff that my mother-in-law painted 25, 30 years ago. There's stuff that we bought at auction last year. You know, there's stuff from uh, local artists like the studio Lenka that we have. Um, so it definitely elicits a reaction from people, which is great. It's, I was thinking about it earlier, but it's really interesting the kind of messages that you send to people um, as soon as they walk through the door of any kind of hospitality establishment. So, you know, if it's a restaurant, you know, just whether or not you have tablecloths or not, or what the glassware looks like, or, you know, how close the tables are together, or, you know, what the carpet is, immediately yeah. sends people so many different messages about what to expect mm. and about, you know, um, sort of what their expectations are. And in a hotel or a house like this, you've got the same, but like times a thousand. Yeah. It's like every little thing. Exactly. And I think hopefully that this um, gives people the idea that they can just 
relax and treat it as if they were staying at a friend's yeah. house hopefully no oh a hundred percent i i love it and that what i particularly love is the honesty bar which i think is yes. such a lovely touch and again just sets that tone you can just go down make yeah. yourself a drink yeah, and just yeah. pop some money in a box like, yeah it's, it's so brilliant. great and we literally like you don't even have to put money in you just write it down oh, and that's it oh, fantastic! and that's such a great piece that was made by um will elworthy he's a really great amazing carpenter who does these bespoke pieces. And I think once we decided that that was going to be the bar, there's this sort of, it's this big sort of kind of old Inglenook fireplace, but it's no longer connected to a chimney as all the fireplaces in this house seem to be. Um, and so that was just kind of the obvious place for it to go. And then we'll design this really cool kind of quite seventies bar and that kind of dictated the rest of the room. So it all sort of came together basically yeah. and it really has in the dark like moody blue walls yeah, and that like yeah, yeah. burst of color with yeah. the studio learning is just amazing yeah, yeah I love it's a it. great space it gets good use that yeah I can imagine <laughs> I imagine people have had yeah. one too many there a few it's times perfect. it's yeah. really nice and sometimes you get people who are staying who didn't know each other and then like make friends over the honesty Aww. bar and there's like a little party going in there oh it's that's great. so fun I love <laughs> yeah. that I'm gonna come back for that yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's the only thing it's missing is some really good pre-mixed cocktails which we're mm, working on yeah if anyone's listening <laughs> you're trying yeah. to plug some pre-mixed cocktails <laughs> please get in touch <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well let's go from there then so from drink let's get to food because obviously that is at the heart of not only the space but Kent you're surrounded by the Garden of England, yeah. all these amazing local producers. You've got vineyards now. You've got yeah. you know fresh seafood. Um, so tell me how you brought this beautiful menu together. Yeah, I mean it's it's just in, like talk about being surrounded by places. It's just incredible, and things are popping up all the time. You know, I drove the kids to nursery the other day, and the other day, a few months ago, and I was driving back and someone had planted up a vineyard. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, it's, yeah, there's so much. We use really amazing local suppliers. Um, so we use Wilmerston Growers for all our veg and we use Jenkins, who has an amazing shop on the high street for all our fish. And we get incredible bacon and sausages and everything from the Black Pig on Deal High Street. And it's just like, it's it's a dream to have all of that on your doorstep is really incredible. Um, so Ollie's menu is really pretty Italian leaning, kind of Italian, a little bit French. Um, and we're not really prescriptive about only using local stuff. We just use whatever's best that week, basically. And so, you know, in the middle of winter, that's probably not going to be veg from, yeah. you know, two fields away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> potatoes. Exactly. With potatoes. A lot of cabbages. <laughs> um, uh, it's a really good mix, but, you know, being able to, for the bulk of the year, you know, get incredible crates of cherries and plums and wow. it's just incredible. And this is the first year that we've had, um, well, it's only our second year open, but it's the first time that we've had a kind of usable harvest from our new kitchen garden, which yeah. is just incredible. Um, so our gardener, Rachel, uh, used to be at Walmer Castle and she did the kitchen garden there and she came in for dinner one night and... Um, about a year ago, I guess. Yeah. And she said, she said, oh, hi, um, we haven't met. I was just wondering if you'd ever thought about doing a kitchen garden. I was like, come back next week. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 100%. Um, so she's been working with Ollie and um, with our head chef, Aish, uh, on just kind of trying to figure out what we can do yeah. kind of, you know, within the plot that we have um, and kind of, 
this year has been sort of slightly experimental mm. and then next year I think we should have some better ideas a lot to yeah. use oh, yeah. amazing yeah. we've had more cucumbers than anyone would know what to do with <laughs> absolutely <laughs> incredible these amazing wigwams with like 40 cucumbers oh, on fantastic. them fantastic yeah. I love a cucumber <laughs> yeah. I think we'll be having a lot of pickled cucumber this winter delicious so, so scandy exactly oh, exactly amazing. yeah from Italian to scandy yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it and it's so, no I'm so interested here about the restaurant itself because it started mm. literally in the middle of the garden it was yeah. like a Tuscan summer in yeah. Kent yeah. and then you got a permanent home yeah. um, but actually we walked around earlier and you showed me the original barn which was a whopper of yeah. a barn and now <laughs> yeah. it's in this sort of beautiful brick was it like an outbuilding a yeah, shed it's an old animal shed yeah um it was, I mean, when we, when we got here, it was just beginning to fall down. So I think like some of the um, oaks holding it up had literally sort of started to collapse like the week before we moved in. So everything was kind of held up with scaffolding. It's got the most amazing vine, well, two vines that are growing into the restaurant from either side of the wall. And I think that they were planted probably in the early sixties um, when the whole site was converted from a working farm. And um, when we first went to prune the vine, we looked at it and we were like, this has not been pruned in a really long time. Mm. We were like, okay, we're going to have to be quite hardcore. I think it will come back. I think it'll be okay. And um, we started pruning it and essentially the roof fell down. It was just being held up. Yeah, it was just being held up by the vine. And it was like 30 pieces of broken glass that rained down from the ceiling. I was like, God. We'll put the vine back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like thank God we um thank God we did prune this and realise that everything was, yeah. you know. Um so we had to replace that. But basically for the first summer there was not really a cover on anything. Oh. I know. We had some like canvas shades and that was pretty much it and we just lucked out and had this incredible summer yeah in england that is a risky business isn't it (laughs) i know it was a bit kind of foolhardy but it was so beautiful and before we opened the restaurant we'd been we'd for about probably seven or eight months um we did some supper clubs here kind of every couple of weeks um which was amazing like it just meant that we got to know people in this kind of little pocket that we hadn't known so well. And we got to try things out and try things out in the space and play around with dishes and bring some really fun chefs down to cook with us, which was so great, which we still do now. Um, And it was all kind of fairly experimental in a way, um, but really fun. Yeah, and you had the guys from Cricket down, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yeah, so Will from Cricket came and cooked this incredible... Indian feast wow. which we actually did in that it was in the winter so we did it in that long drawing room oh, over gorgeous. there yeah on like two massive long tables and it was incredible it was really fun that's so fun and yeah. for a, a London chef get out of the big smoke and just come yeah what a lovely park so yeah. great brilliant and Will was like I love it here yeah I can <laughs> imagine like, I want to do this it's yeah great. um so yeah Will came and did one before we'd opened and um Henry Harris who's oh, just yeah. opened Bouchon Racine mm. Just opened, just opened last year. Um, and Alex Jackson, who's at Noble Rot Soho. Oh, so like, yeah. really great people. Oh. I think, you know, it's like the opposite of working in London. And I think just to get out for like 48 hours and cook over wood and coal outdoors mm. and, you know, just be able to like walk into the garden to have a cup of coffee and talk about the menu is like, is, is 
so different and really refreshing for people so I can it kind of so imagine they still work quite hard yeah i know they're still <laughs> chefing they're but still cooking for like 60 or 70 people um but it does feel like a break for yeah them, i think i hope yeah <laughs> if anyone's listening we hope yeah. <laughs> yeah they might correct me they might be listening to this going no not at all um but definitely different yeah yeah that was amazing and we said we were walking around the gardens you showed me the kitchen gardens and you said they've been putting a lot of work in this past year mm. so yeah tell me uh, what are your plans for that so I know we also have like the wild woodland around yeah the edge. yeah yeah I mean we've got seven acres here so the potential for the site is is incredible mm. and I think um it's I think the bulk of it we'd really like to not do anything with because it's so beautiful you know there's this amazing woodland around the perimeter um which is so special and you can go out there you know with a glass of wine at seven in the evening in the summer and listen to the bird song and it's like you know the most restorative thing and that's very special and we wouldn't ever want to mess with any of that no um but stuff like the kitchen garden up in a sort of empty bit of grass feels like a really good use of space so we're just starting to introduce more and more fruit trees mm. to kind of turn that into a more of an orchard which is really great yeah. um so we had a lot of apples this year and then hopefully next year we'll have um apricots and plums wow. and quinces which would be great um and then there is there's quite a bit of space that um was landscaped and i think had just become riddled with brambles and nettles and stuff like that which we're kind of bringing back into a slightly more sort of usable space um so we have put in planning permission for a natural pool oh that is exciting yeah which would be amazing um up near the kind of cut flower beds um which i think would just be incredible yeah. and i think it, the the way that you could do it could be so beautiful you know with lovely like natural grasses mm. oh gosh, and like yeah. just beautifully landscaped um so that is kind of next phase and then we are going to do a couple more or three more bedrooms in mm. the stable block as well oh, fun. yeah i think i think that brings it to a really good number um i think it means there's still so much space for hotel guests which is yeah. Think the real luxury of coming here is you can just wander around and you're never overly crowded mm. which is very special um people looked at the plans when we were doing this and originally said you know like you can turn one of the ground floor rooms into another bedroom mm. you know you can get the but it's so nice yeah that you're never on top of each other yeah and i think that's really special and i think having that inside and outside is a really big part of the experience mm -hmm. and actually we looked at one of the cottages earlier and so like beautifully done and it had this huge sitting area as well yeah. the veranda yeah and, and again you know if you wanted to you could probably get another bedroom out of it mm. but I think it's just you know people come here for 24 hours and say they feel like they've been away for a week yeah and I think that is you know that's part of what makes it so special mm -hmm. and I think trying to eke out every square inch isn't the right thing to do yeah you know exactly and then where would you be able to do your 60 person sit down curry night <laughs> exactly. as well yeah <laughs> exactly yeah oh well it's been such a pleasure to chat before we do go mm. we of course have a game of dream spaces to play <laughs> i'm gonna ask you three prompts and you're gonna let me know which space you think of 
Money's okay. no object. Yeah. You've won the lottery, cashing in that check. Love that. The first one <laughs> is, where are you escaping away from everything? You're going to detox, disconnect. Oh God. Um, I think when Ollie and I got married years and years and years and years ago, we went on honeymoon to Italy. And the first place we stayed at was... I think it's called La Minavetta, just outside Sorrento. And it's unbelievably beautiful, um, beautifully decorated. And it's basically perched on a cliff mm. above the sea. Oh. And it's got its own beautiful pool, like hewn into a cliff. And then you walk down to the... Stunning. Yeah, it's oh. everything you want. The Italians really know how to do like, a really cliff top do. pool, don't they? And it definitely would not be any good for my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strictly no kids allowed. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So yes, I would go back and spend a month there. Oh, absolutely stunning. Yeah. Great choice. Thank you. Um, number two, your ultimate birthday party. Where are you hosting it? Oh, um, gosh, that's a good one. I mean, it would probably be in London, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think getaways are great to be out, you know, by the sea. Mm-hmm. But I think to party, I'd want to be back in London. Yeah. Um, so maybe it would be somewhere like the bar at the Connaught. Oh, lovely. Yeah. With just unlimited martini trolleys. I can see this now that yes. I'm talking about it. Um, I think that is a party venue. Mm, martinis yeah. are having such a moment as well, aren't they? Oh my God. Martinis maybe that's are, what you need martinis in your... Martinis always have yeah. moments. <laughs> I love it. And then the final one, your ultimate like bucket list, once in a lifetime trip, where are you going and are you staying anywhere special? Oh, um, oh God, that's such a good question. I, I don't know where we would stay, but our ultimate, um, trip that Ollie and I would both always love to take is a proper, like a month in Japan. We did a really um quick weekend there when we lived in Hong Kong we went for my 30th and just loved it Mm. absolutely obsessed and I think if you are into food I think eating in Japan you know where places are so specialist Mm -hmm. and everything is at the most incredible level and they're just doing that one thing you know watching like a 50 year old apprentice you know frying your tempura because he's not quite on like filleting duty yet it's just it's absolutely amazing um so I think we could probably find somewhere pretty special. Japan, to that'd be amazing. Such an incredible <laughs> culture. I weirdly went as part of a school trip. Really? Once, and all I can remember is like the katsu. And I've, <laughs> I've never yeah. had katsu like it. Yeah, yeah. it's just unreal. I mean, the f- uh, yeah, I, the food is just unlike anywhere I've ever been to. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, well, I, I do hope you get your month in, <laughs> in Italy yeah. and At Japan. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Molly. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram and don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curator Spaces podcast, please do get in touch as we're always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.